love you guys so much. Hey, everybody, it's going to be a good day. You ready for a good day? I, I hope you are. I really am. I'm so glad everyone is with us today. Everyone who is online, we love you so, so very much. Uh, we have a creed we do here every week. Gives you a snapshot of what we believe, who we are, what we're about as a church family. So if you are with us for the first time, I want to encourage you to jump on the journey. Say this creed out loud with us. Uh, it's nothing crazy. It's actually something incredibly life-giving. It's truths centered around the gospel of Jesus Christ, how God sees us, how we ought to see ourselves in relation, uh, in relationship to him. So let's go ahead and put it on the screen. On the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. I am loved by God. I cannot earn it. I cannot lose it. In Christ, I am forgiven and made brand new. I live with passion and purpose. I am empowered by the Spirit to be the church in the world and to live for the glory of God. That is our creed. Hey, let's continue to clap. We've got North with us. We've got Antigua with us as well. North, Antigua, we love you so very much. Everyone who is online, I'm excited about today because I know that God is going to meet us and change us and transform us and push every one of us forward. Can you believe it is the first weekend in June of 2021? I, how did this happen? It has flown by. Do you remember when we all thought we were going to die in 2020? <laughs> in 2020, it literally felt like there were 74 years all wrapped up in one year last year. And as I was uh, preparing uh, for today and, and this week, and I know I recognize online, you know, someone could be watching this in the year 2028 or the year 3042. I don't know if I'll still be here at that time. But this, to be at this point, halfway through 2021, I, I could not help but just pause and just say, thank you, God. I mean, just thank you, God. I, uh, my eyes are filling up with tears actually a little bit as I was processing through it uh, because a, a lot of our friends I mean, we've had individuals that have been beat up and bruised, and many of us in this room or North or Antigua or online right now have been beat up, been bruised, but you, you've made it this far. I mean, how many times did we think, I, I'm done. I, I, I can't take another step forward. I, I don't have the strength to put one more foot in front of the other. I don't, I don't have the ability. I, 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 I want to muster up the last bit of strength I have, and that last bit of strength you thought you had, what you thought would keep you all the way in 2020, but God, in his grace and in his mercy, has sustained you and me, and he's brought us all the way to the halfway point of 2020. 21 look at the goodness and the grace of God through every uh, amazing grace go through every danger toil and stare I have already come I mean it was grace that brought me safe thus far and grace is gonna lead me home it's been the grace of God that's been sustaining you. It's been the grace of God that's putting breath in your lungs. It's been the grace of God that has given you the strength to put one foot in front of the other. I mean, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to cuss a little bit. If you're not cussing a little bit, you're not doing it right. 
But with that, let, let our mouths also be filled with gratitude. Let our mouths also be filled with thanksgiving. Let our mouths also be filled with, God, you've been good. God, you didn't leave me. God, you didn't quit on me. God, I thought I was over. I thought I was done. I didn't think I could make it, but you kept on sustaining me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gratitude is one of the sounds of heaven. When Jesus was standing in front of the this none of this is my sermon, uh, but <laughs> when Jesus was standing in front of the tomb of Lazarus. He's standing in front of death, and he pauses. You can read it. He says, thank you, God, that you hear me. I mean, he's standing in front of death, and he begins to thank God. God. I, I know some of you might be standing in front of death in your mental health or in a marriage or with your business or with your physical body or with your school, whatever it might be. But I want you to know in the midst, in front of that death, you can still stand and say, God, I thank you. I thank you that you're good. I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you that you're going to bring me through this. I thank you that you're not done. I thank you that you're stronger than I think you are. I thank you that you're going to keep on sustaining me. I thank you that you haven't forgotten me. I thank you that you hear every prayer. I thank you that you, if you just keep that in your mouth, even through tears, even through the heaviness, you watch how God will continue to carry you. He is faithful and he's a good, good father. The title of today's message is don't forget the promise. Don't forget the promise. Don't forget the promise. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, don't forget the promise. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3. We'll begin reading in verse uh, number 6. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. If you're joining us maybe halfway through the year, maybe you've only been with us for a couple of weeks here at Shoreline City, at the beginning of the year, we started off with just a word that we feel God lays on our heart, and the word for this year was increase. Uh, this word increase, I won't go through all the definitions. You can go back uh, and check on YouTube the beginning of the year and all the sermons that we had there, but I felt it necessary for us to remind ourselves what God was speaking over us. Uh, because some of us right now are not seeing the increase, but I don't want you to think because you're not seeing the increase, God's not working. When you read this verse of scripture, this is a truth. I want you to hold on to it. There is a process to the promise. There is a process to the promise. And all of us want the promise, but very few of us want the process. So, so I, I have here, I thought I was going to have really pretty gloves. These are not pretty gloves. I thought I was going to have gloves that were filled with flowers and stuff. But I, I appreciate this. If you remember... Or you don't, I'm, I'm not a gardener uh, at all, uh, but you can see the dirt here. Let me see if I can move this. This is kind of heavy. Oh, that was not heavy for me. Uh, <laughs> a little flex, a little flex right there, a little humble flex. Let me go ahead and pick this up and just move it over here real quick. Now, this, this here is a bunch of soil, and, and, and the scripture here is teaching us that 
that one came along and planted, another came along and watered, but God is the one that makes things grow. I, I, I know we always want to celebrate the growth, and I, I think God is into growth. We're going to look at a number of scriptures. As a matter of fact, we can see here that God brings the increase. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Increase and growth is not a bad thing at all. For you to grow and develop spiritually is a great thing. You know that God does not want you to stay a baby Christian forever. That he doesn't want you just for for the rest of your life not understanding uh, salvation and understanding justification. He wants you to understand his word, his truth. wants you to have a life-giving relationship with the Holy Spirit because that's the one who who sealed your salvation in the first place. That you and I uh, ought to be growing and developing. God does not want any one of us staying the same. But one comes in and plants. Somebody else waters. But God's the one that gives the increase. He's the one. That makes things grow. I, I like I like that the Apostle Paul, who wrote this here, I like that he talked about dirt because we all have this in our lives. We all have parts of our lives that we look at and we're like, that's just. What, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> that's dirt. If you don't have any area of your life that is like this, You're lying, okay? That's what I think, you're lying. All of us have some area of our life. Can, I, can we agree that we look at it, we go, oh man. This is dirt. This is gross, this is nasty. What, what can happen with this? I'm gonna keep my gloves on for a second. Uh, what, what, what can God do with this? How, how can anything good come out of this? If, if those of you who are theologians, your, Bible, your mind might be going to Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse number 7. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, the Lord God formed man from? It's the dust and dirt that God used to make you. Dare I say that God still uses dust and dirt to make you? Like, think about the things in your life that have been the hardest. That's the stuff that's made you. Some of us are in the middle of the dirt right now. We're like, I don't want to be made. <laughs> I, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go through this. And I, I pray that thing does not crush you. And I pray that thing does not take you out, whatever that thing might be. And if you're 16 years old, it might be one thing. And if you're 66 years old, it might be another thing. But what I do know is how God used dirt in the beginning to make man. God still uses dirt today to make man and woman. It's the hard stuff. It's the difficult stuff that you and I have gone through that have made us. It's the stuff that made us strong. And we see somebody walking through something, we're like, hey, hang on, baby. You're going to get through it. I thought that would kill me too, but God still carried me and sustained me. He used the dirt to make us. I'm grateful for this beautiful church family that God has put together. It is miraculous. It is amazing. As I look and think about everybody who's online and everybody who's in Antigua and up north right now, it's beautiful to see how God has continued to grow this church family. But my wife will tell you, building and growing and being a part of this church family and seeing what God was doing, it, the, the pressure has been real, okay, especially going through 2020. And we got black people and white people and Latino 
people and Asian people, and we got every which way. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to pastor you, but Don Lemon's also trying to pastor you, and Sean Hannity's trying to pastor you, and NPR's trying to pastor you, and I'm trying to tell you keep your eyes on Jesus and on His Word, but they're trying to tell you keep your eyes on your skin, and I'm saying no, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus first, and then all the skin stuff comes underneath that. I, it, the dirt made me. I'm telling you, this past year, shoot, y'all make me want to cuss up in here. <laughs> this, this is how it goes, though. So, some, somebody's got to plant. Somebody's got to water. But it's God who gives the increase. Uh, if you have your Bible, turn with me. Well, you don't have to turn there. I'll just put the scripture on the screen. Genesis, uh, not Genesis, uh, John. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. I think it's verse 24. Am I getting this right? Yeah. Uh, very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking here. Very truly, I tell you that unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if that thing dies, if that thing is put in the dirt... It can produce many. Now, all of us want to produce many, but we don't want the dirt. And I'm just trying to, rem I'm just reminding us. I, I feel like God was trying to remind us that if you feel like you are in this right now, it's part of the process for you becoming who God has called you to be. This is part of your development. This is part of your maturity. Don't, don't you, you can hate it. But you and I always don't get to go around it. You got to go through it. You got to feel it. You got to walk in it. Uh, go with me to uh, Galatians, I believe is my next verse. Galatians uh, chapter 6. Galatians chapter, uh, Galatians chapter uh, 6, uh, verse number 7 through 9. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. If I can get there in my Bible, turn the page, Earl. Get there. Take a lot of time. Yeah, just turn one page at a time, Earl. That'll work perfect. <laughs> Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man or a woman reaps what he or she sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not what? If we do not give up. Increase, it is not a passive act. It will require our participation. It will require you and I being engaged with the work of the Spirit. 
I, I do not want to paint a picture that it all centers in on us. I don't want to paint that picture at all, okay? That, that is a very, it's not gospel, okay? Because we recognize that all of this starts with Jesus. It starts with his work. It starts with him working in our lives, drawing us closer. It starts with him, uh, but since it starts with him and also ends with him in God's divine plan, I don't know if that I would have done it this way, but I'm not God. He said, hey, now I want you to participate with me in making it on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to participate with me in your growth and development. I want you to participate with me in bringing justice into the earth. I want you to participate with me in making it on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to participate with me in getting the company off the ground. I want you to participate with me with your marriage becoming what it's supposed to be. I want you to participate with me when you're trying to raise your kids. You know, I, I, there's a lot of new dads. A lot of new, any new dads? Any new dads? Let me hear if you're a new dad. Let me hear if you're a new dad. New dad? Okay, yeah, we got, we got a bunch of new dads. Man, I love being a dad, okay? I love it. It's awesome and amazing. Now, now I got, you know, 16, which is a lot of fun. I get to play basketball, you know, with Parker, which is a blast. I got uh, our 11-year-old, our 10-year-old, about to be 11-year-old, Grayson. He is awesome and so much fun. And can just talk and 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 talk. And I sit there and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I practice talking with him a lot now so that when he's 16, he'll talk with me then. So I'm trying to get him used to it. Like, yeah, yeah, you can trust me. You can trust me now. You can trust me now. Uh, then I got Elle, who's about to lose her first tooth, and we're excited about that, and it's dangling by a thread right now, and she's about to be the cutest little six-year-old, you know, on the planet. I love being a dad, but it was very intimidating to become a father. My dad might be watching uh, right now, and I love you uh, so much, Dad, and he and I have had uh, this conversation uh, a number of times, but he was figuring out what it meant to be a father when I was being raised and, and wasn't as present as he would even like to have been uh, when I was growing, and now our relationship has been restored. It's been beautiful, and he's got a great wife, and it's great to see all that God has done, but I was, I was concerned. I was concerned. I don't want to mess it up. I mean, I had a puppy, <laughs> but, but I've never been a dad. I mean, I mean what, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, what do you do when they're crying? Right. What, what do you do when their diaper has to be changed? What do you do when you can't feed them because mom's the one with the stuff to feed them and you don't have the stuff to feed them? <laughs> you can try it, but it doesn't work, okay? <laughs> That's weird if you ever try that, just so you know. <laughs> but sometimes they're crying so much, you're willing to do almost anything, okay? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to work, honey, but I'm going to do it. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't know. But one thing I do know is that God called me to be their father, okay? So dads... Don't, don't be afraid. Don't, don't be, I can say don't be afraid. I'm don't let your fear cripple you. Yes. Don't let your fear stop you from being engaged. Don't let your fear stop you from participating. You can't just lay the kid there and trust for him or her just to turn out all right. You're going to have to participate. God actually put that kid in your life to help you and to help them become who God wants them to be. So now you got you to gotta get your hands in the dirt. You got to be a part. Of, you got to wake up at 2.30 in the morning knowing you can't help but change a diaper. And sometimes you got to sit there like, 
honey, you got this. I believe in you. You do your thing. And you fall asleep, and you're like, honey, I believe in you. God's got you. <laughs> I remember walking the floor at 2.37 and 3.45 a.m., and my kids are just crying, but I know I got to participate. I got to participate. I just got to gotta be there. I got to be a part of the journey. I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to give this over to my wife. I, I'm called to be the dad as well. I'm called to participate. I want to be involved in this thing. It's not a passive thing. If you want to raise a world changer, it's not a passive thing. If you want to raise a man or woman of God, it's not a passive thing. If you want to raise a kid that's going to honor God all the days of their life, it's not a passive thing. And sometimes our kids go the wrong direction. We recognize that. But still, I'm going to keep on being there. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on covering. There's always going to be an open door. There's always going to be a seat at the table. If you want something to increase, you're going to need to participate with what God is doing. Uh, let, let, me keep on, let me keep on going here. Go with me, go with me uh, to Joshua, the book of Joshua. Book of Joshua chapter five. Joshua chapter five. I need a little tissue too here. I feel like I gotta, oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. My little, my little T.D. Jakes tissue. It's not, it's like, a, like not a full hanky like his. It's a little tissue. I'm not on this level quite yet. I'm going to be there one day, Bishop. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Uh, right, now, right now, it's just there. It isn't. Joshua chapter 5, verse number 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna, the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the, from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Okay, some of you are like, this makes nothing to me at all. You might as well have been reading, you know, Latin to me. Then some of you are nerds and you know Latin. So <laughs> let me paint. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, the children of Israel, they were in bondage for uh, hundreds of years, hundreds of years. Okay, they've been in slavery for hundreds of years. And uh, Moses goes in, and Moses, if you've ever seen the Prince of Egypt, you, then you're, you know, you're basically caught up to speed on this, right? Moses uh, goes in, he's like, hey, let my people go, there's a bunch of singing, and Nile River turns into blood, and frogs, and locusts, and a bunch of stuff, and he's like, okay, they can leave. So they leave with Moses, and they get over to the Red Sea, the Red Sea parts, they walk over on dry ground, uh, they're supposed to go into the promised land, it's supposed to be just a short journey, it ends up taking them 40 years. Takes them so long, because these folks chose to complain and murmur. 
We looked at some of these things early in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You can go back a number of weeks, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, a number of the things that kept them out of the promised land, the sexual immorality, the idolatry, the, the murmuring, the complaining, the testing the Lord. Uh, these are different things that kept them out of where God was trying to take them. So they've been traveling around for these 40 years. That generation has died off, and now a new generation has, has arisen. And this generation, those of you who were raised in church, they're called the Joshua generation. Uh, so the Joshua generation is the one. Now, Joshua is the leader. Moses has died off. All these people that were in the wilderness, that were wandering around, none of them had the sign of the covenant in their body. The sign of the covenant, this is real. It's in the Bible. I remember asking my youth pastor about this, like when they say this word, is it the word that I think? It goes, yes, it is. None of them were circumcised. Just put that out there. So they're at Gilgal, and God says, I want the sign of the covenant to now be on their bodies. So they're cut. And they have to heal at Gilgal. They're cut, then they have to heal. They're cut, then they have to heal. They're cut, then they have to heal. Some of us have been cut, but we haven't taken the time to heal. Some of us have been wounded. We haven't taken the time to heal. What we're doing is we're trying to enter into our promised land, but God, what he told them is, yes, after I cut, I want you to heal. I want you to slow down. I want you to pause for just a second. I'm about to take you into another place, but I don't want you to take you into that new place with the old mindset. And I felt like God was, trying to te was telling me to tell all of us, my kids have been trying to make things normal when I'm trying to make things new. My kids have been trying to get back to like some other place, but I'm trying to make something new. I'm trying to take them to a new place. I'm trying to take them out of wandering into the, in the wilderness, and I'm trying to bring them into a new season. And so many of us are looking back going, I wish I was in Egypt. So many of us are looking back going, I wish it was 2018. So many of us are looking back saying, I wish it was this day or that day. But God is like, no, girlfriend, son, boyfriend, I need you to open up your eyes here. I'm trying to do a new thing. I'm trying to take you from wandering and I'm trying to bring you into your promised land and the dirt and the increase and the growth and the process and the participation is all a part of this thing and also what's a part of it is sometimes some things have to be cut off of you and sometimes you have to pause and and heal you have to heal you have to heal so if you got to go to therapy it's okay there's no shame in that yeah, get in your connect group and talk and share your heart. Go ahead. You, you got to do that. It's part of your healing. It's part of your development. You got to be in your Bible. You want to be, I'll encourage you to journal. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to heal, to wash over you. You got to cry sometimes. You're allowing him to heal. You don't want to bring the same stuff from when you were wandering into your promised land. You got to heal. So go through this healing process and and something interesting, I wish I could have time, time to talk about the Passover. I, I, I don't right now. Uh, but, but, but what happens is the Bible says the manna stops. Now some of y'all are like, what, what's the manna? I don't even know what the manna is. Okay, let me tell you what the manna was. God, the, there was DoorDash. There was Uber Eats. <laughs> Every single day. Favor. 
driver showed up, blue shirt on, bow tie, showed up. And if you don't know what favor is because you're in another part of the world, just Google it. They show up, food shows up on the ground every day. It's called manna. The word manna actually means, what is it? Because the first time it showed up, they were like, what is it? And that became what they ate every day. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? But they ate. They had it every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Manna, manna, every day, every day. They, they did not, they weren't hunting for their food. They were not growing any crops because they were wandering. Sometimes the cloud would go this way and they'd have to go that way. Sometimes they'd go another way, they'd have to go that way. They'd have to load up. Some of you have moved a whole bunch of times. You've been used to this. You're like in a spot, you're not in a spot long enough. You gotta get up and move. You gotta go someplace else. They've been moving and moving and moving and moving so there's no crops. They're, they're not planting anything. They're just getting this manna every single day. Manna every single, it's a miracle that is happening every single day. It's like daily bread for them. Some of you remember the Lord's Prayer? It's like daily bread that is happening for them every Every single day, manna is showing up like clockwork. If they take too much of it, it goes bad. They got to take just enough for their family. And over the weekend, they take a little bit more, and God would preserve it all the way over the weekend. Manna, every single day for 40 years, God has been dropping food from the sky every single day for 40 years. And then they get into the promised land, and it stops stops. That year, they ate from the produce of Canaan. They ate food from the land. Can I have my, have my popcorn? Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, let me have it all. Yep, hook me up. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Y'all know about Skinny Pop? I'll, I'll demolish a whole bag. <laughs> A skinny pop. Uh, some of y'all know mi microwave, microwave popcorn. Yes. I mean, this is great. We got a little uh, room in our house, our family room that we call it. Got a you know big screen, a TV. Uh, maybe we're watching uh, the Logan Paul and uh, Mayweather fight later today. Who knows? And some of y'all like, I cannot believe you. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I am. I got. I'm gonna have my have my stuff. And what we do in our family is Onika always asks for Skinny Pop. And usually me and the kids, we like to grab, you know, the microwave uh, popcorn. This stuff is quick. This, this is what God was doing for them for a whole, for 40 years. Just dropping it. 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 Then the day they get in the promised land, it stops. Now, we love this picture for marriages, for building businesses. We love this picture for getting our bodies in shape. We love this picture for getting our finances in order. Just drop it, Lord, just drop it. Give me, give me 250,000. Just drop it, just drop it. Hey, fix him, fix her, just drop it. Just drop, that's not how it usually works. You know how it usually works? See, I don't even know what this is. 
Okay. <laughs> there is corn under here, y'all. This is the husk. This, you got to plant this. And then you got... Look, I, I got to look, look. It's getting messy up here. Look at this. Look at this. I, I Googled. How do you get popcorn like the old-fashioned way? <laughs> plant seed popcorn in four or five short rows about 36 inches apart to ensure pollination. Plant corn seeds one inch each inch deep and six inches apart. When the plants are five inches tall, thin them to 12 inches apart. Fertilize lightly in midsummer just before rain to give them an added boost. When the stalks are about knee high, Hill them up six inches by scraping soil from between the rows. Hilling adds nutrients and support to the growing plants. I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> Let the husks that cover the ears turn brown before harvesting. If you can press your thumbnail into a kernel, it's not ripe yet. Somebody took a lot of time with this. Harvest all ears before the first hard frost. Shuck the ears and let them dry for a few weeks. Then shell the kernels and store them in airtight containers in the refrigerator. Now, just pop and enjoy. A whole quart of popcorn has less than 100 calories, so even Waste Watchers can afford a dribble of melted butter. God, give me increase. I got it for you. I've got it for you. I've got it for you. He's got it for you. It just might look different than you and I think it's supposed to look. You and I are going to have to plant something, see something watered, and then watch God make it grow. If you and I can be okay with this process, and this is not, our day is a popcorn day. It's a microwave day. It's a God, give me the whole bag kind of day. That, that's the day we live in. But the way that God is wanting to develop you and grow you and develop me and grow me is to go through the process. If you'll plant, you watch somebody else water, and God will make it grow. What is it you believe is going to grow in your life? I know some of us are, are battling in some relationships right now. I know that. Relationships with friends, relationship with kids, relationship with our spouse. I know that. I've been praying for so many of you. I believe God has increased for you. And I would love, I, I, I would love for him to drop manna. I'd love for him to. I'd love for him just to give you a bag of popcorn and everything be great. But what I have discovered is even on great Sundays or Tuesdays or whatever day somebody is watching this, when you have those moments when something drops, you still have to cultivate what God started in your life. And if you and I keep trying to go just from drop to drop to drop to drop, I want you to know that is not promised land living. That's wilderness living. It was in the wilderness that they had to get the manna every day. 
in the promised land, they ate from the fruit of the land. That meant somebody had to plant, somebody had to water, and God made it grow. When you are planting and watering, do not think God is against you. God is for you. He has brought you into another season, and that season is promised land season. Okay. I planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. This is what he has for your life and mine. North, Antigua, online, White Rock, this is what he has for our lives. Increase. I felt God speaking to my heart. My kids might be thinking increase is not their inheritance because they're getting lost in the process. And I just wanted to lift up your eyes and give you a little bit of hope and remind you that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He will not leave you or forsake you. He will not leave you high and dry. If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads for just a moment. Up north, Antigua, balcony and on the floor. If you're under the sound of my voice right now, and you have, you've never made Jesus Christ first in your life. You've never made him number one. You've never made him the boss of your life. You never put him in charge of your life. I'm not asking, do you have a Bible? I'm not asking, do you think you're a good person? And I'm not asking, uh, do you think, you know, were you, were you baptized? Were you confirmed at some point in time? I'm asking, is Jesus Christ first and foremost in your life? If he is not, I know he is drawing you to his heart right now. He's saying, son, daughter, it's time to come on home. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. As a matter of fact, Jesus was that colonel that fell into the ground and died. And he rose so that you and I can have new life in him. If that is you, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. Or at one point in time you did and you slipped away and you've gone another direction. And today you're saying you don't want to go your own way. You want to go his way. On the count of three, I want you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air. You're saying, yep, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. This is awesome. I know, friends, up north in, at White Rock Online, right now you're saying, yes, this is me. Antigua, you're saying, yes, this is me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Anybody else? Raise your hand right now. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. Every person and repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we lift our heads up, clap our hands? Come on.